Hey, what's going on, Scully's 2 Football League? This is your commissioner, and this is another edition of the Skull Report. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode three of the Skull Report. Uh, It's been a few weeks, so we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk power rankings today. We're going to talk playoff picture. Uh, It's getting pretty close to that, so yeah, time to start talking playoffs. Playoffs? We're going to talk trades. Oh, man, one of my favorite things to talk about, trades. So let's just get into it. You guys listened to the last podcast, and you granted me my wishes. So thank you very much. Uh, The last podcast I pleaded with the league, I said, it's been so long since our league made a trade. I would just love it if we could get some trade action going. And this week, this past week, week nine was what it was all about. Week nine brought upon three trades uh, I think that's the problem. maybe the most trades we've ever had in one week. I know we've had two trades a week in a week plenty of times, but I don't know if we've ever had three trades in one week. So uh, answered my prayers. Uh, exciting. It's always cool when teams, you know, mix up their rosters, not just adding free agents, but, you know, swapping players that they drafted really high, you know, first round picks got drafted or got traded this past week. So it was awesome. So let's just take a look at them really quick. Uh, there were three trades, like I mentioned. The first one, uh, the one that broke the ice, the first trade, you know, I wish I could remember how long it's been. Uh, I don't remember if there were any trades last year. Uh, I, I feel like I made like a post on Facebook that lamented the lack of trading last year. So maybe we went the whole season without a trade last year. Uh, So this would have been the first one in two years. Uh, So this was between myself and uh, my division and a life rival, my brother, John, GGEZ. They, they sent over quite possibly the fantasy MVP, at least to this point, probably the fantasy MVP, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he was the number, when, when did John take McCaffrey? I think three or four overall. Um, uh, let's see here. He had three, three overall. Uh, so the number three overall pick uh, and just a random quarterback, you know, to be a roster filler, Brandon Allen, which we'll <laughs> cycle back to in a little bit because, whoa. For, this was a big package, man. For Aaron Rodgers, uh, if you remember, Aaron Rodgers was my, second round pick my the first pick of the second round was Aaron Rodgers so the 13th pick overall and David Montgomery who I took you know on the on the second turn so I can't remember if it was the, the last pick of the third or the first pick of the fourth um, but you know I took David Montgomery high and he's got a he's got a pretty soft schedule towards the end of the year um, so you know, he could be a good piece uh, package two pieces and picked myself up the best running back in the league to team up with, you know, the second best running back in the league, Delvin Cook. Uh, so I'm really excited about the future of, my, of that position. You know, I've never had running backs this strong in Scully's two. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm super excited about that. And I know John's excited to have uh, Aaron Rodgers going forward. Week nine, though, the first week, Brandon Allen outscored Aaron Rodgers significantly. Uh, so, you know, and I started him in my super flex spot. So I got the I got the best of it, of it in week nine of this trade, but but we talked after the trade, or af- and after week nine was over, and we're both very happy. Uh, so I think it's a trade where both teams 
feel like they won right off the bat. They feel like they made their team better in a way they wanted to make their team better. And that's what trades are all about. You know, you don't, even if your players don't score as many points as the players in the other team, you know, if, if they do what you need them to do, then it was a successful trade uh, on both sides. So it's cool. We'll see going forward, you know, McCaffrey could get hurt next week and this trade looks like uh, I got egg all over my face, uh, you know, or something could happen, you know, to, with Aaron Rodgers could struggle through the back half of the season. But, you know, we'll see at the end of the year. That's what you look back on trades and you always analyze and say, oh man, I shouldn't have made that trade or, oh, that worked out so well for me. So uh, I feel like when you look back and it and it didn't work out for you, that makes you hesitant to make trades in the future. Um, and maybe that's what's happened in our league kind of in the past where people who were trading, you know, in those first five seasons were kind of got burned out because I know for me, a lot of my trades went poorly and a lot of them went poorly to John. So uh, I, I remember trading John Antonio Gates and Todd Gurley. I think it was during his breakout season. That was terrible. Let's get to the second trade, which was also between uh, me and uh, this time it was with Corey. Uh, a little insight on the trade. Uh, Corey actually approached this trade talk, and you know I had Hunter Henry sitting there. Uh, I couldn't. I, I wasn't even keeping him on my bench. You know I've got George Kittle, but uh, I was starting him. I, I started him last week. I started him the week before, possibly. I think so. Yeah, um, and. I've been happy with having Hunter Henry. Uh, he's great in the flex, and if something happens to Kittle, then he's totally going to be the number one guy for me. So it was hard having him. I knew I should get rid of him, but I didn't really want to. Uh, Corey came and said, what do you want? I said, a receiver. He said, which one? I threw out a couple names that I didn't really know if they'd stick or not, and one of them was OBJ. We all know OBJ's talent. He's one of the best receivers in the league when he's on. But it kind of seems like this year he's not really going to be on. Um, I I took the chance, you know. I think it was definitely worth it. Uh, That's the kind of trade you want to make, you know. Like, you've got an underachieving star and you want to secure a position. Awesome, do it. You've got an extra player at a position and you want to go get an underachieving star and hope that he, you know, comes to light and scores huge points for you in the future. I, that's, that was the position I was in and I was excited to do that. Um, it, so far, it's kind of seeming like, you know, 70 yards and no touchdowns is like the cap you're going to get with him. But you always hope for the best with a guy like that. The third trade, this time new guys got in the mix. Super excited about this. Alan Baker made a big deal. A really unique deal. If you would have said at the be- uh, before the season started, like right after draft, that a trade between A.J. Green and Mason Rudolph was going to happen, you'd, you'd have been like, oh, you're an idiot. But it happened, and it's not that anybody's an idiot. It, it makes sense. AJ Green has been injured all year, but the injury, it it never really seemed like it was going to be something that kept him out this long. So it kind of seems like he's really taken this recovery long because this is the last year of his contract. He doesn't want to risk re-injury. Uh, so will AJ Green even come back? Uh, 
He might find ways to inconveniently never get medically cleared. I, I don't know. Um, I guess I don't really know his status. Uh, and then, so Al takes that, that, that kind of intrigue, that mystery, that I don't know, this guy's a great player, but who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, he gets a quarterback that he was in need of. He was in a position where he absolutely needed a quarterback. Mason Rudolph is a starting quarterback in this league, and that means he's important in, the, in our league. And he got him. He, he went out and he took a piece. He took a player that hadn't scored a single point all year and got himself a starting quarterback. So I liked the deal on both sides. You know, if, if this A.J. Green thing works out for Baker, then cool, awesome. He's got a great piece, and he was a, a little thin at receiver, so it works. Um, I actually see that A.J. Green is in Baker's lineup right now. Hold on, we're going we're gonna to break some news to me live here. Didn't feel well enough to practice. Okay, so he's back, but he's questionable. Okay, well, we're going to see. It might start to pan out immediately for Baker, and if it does, then that's great. Uh, AJ Green's obviously an elite talent, but I would just be really nervous about it. (laughs) So those were the three trades that went down. Um, I feel like there isn't a clear winner and loser on any of them. Uh, I think that right now, at least, you know, on paper, it looks like everybody's happy with what they've got and everybody's good going forward with it. So, you know, when we, when the season's over and we look back on this and we might think differently, but you know, for now it kind of seems like three trades, three good trades, three pretty even trades. Uh, that's what we love to see. Let's see some more of that the trade deadline I wanted to announce is, uh, 11-9, November 9th, which is this Saturday. So this is your last week to make any trades. Um, if you, you know, if you're making a move right now, you're thinking playoffs, you're not wanting to be one of those bottom four teams that's playing for the chance to be the, 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 the loot fisk, then start to look at some of the other rosters and, you know, see who's got, oh, this person's loaded at this position. Maybe I can, you know, get one of their bench guys or something like that, you know, just kind of look around, see what everybody's got. Uh, you've got three more days to make offers. So do it up. Let's see if we can get one, a couple more trades in before the trade deadline hits. All right. So let's dive into the power rankings now. It's been a few weeks since we had our last score report. So the power rankings uh, have shifted around a little bit, but the name at the top is a familiar one. It's the same it's been. It's the Chicago no Hash Oilers. They're still the best team in the league. What can I say? They're 7-2. and two. It's the best record in the league. And they've scored the most points in the league. Uh, 1,319 points in four weeks, or in nine weeks. That is 146.5 points per game. Uh, I think the last time we did the score report, they were at like 150. But, you know, those the later weeks when buys start to come frequently, it's expected that scores go down. To still have a 146 average is is phenomenal. Uh, with the season ended right now, the, the Hash Oilers would have the second best season of all time in Scully's two football league. Uh, Rudy's uh, season last year, he had 147 
points per game. So, you know, for Kyle's at 146 and a half. So he could still do it. He could, he could pull off the greatest season of all time. Um, and it wouldn't be a surprise to me. I mean, Kyle is like the regular season king. And he knows that about himself. He's always awesome in the regular season. And then the playoffs come and he falls short. Uh, he still hasn't won a title yet, but he's like one of the most, you know, decorated with wins teams in Scully's two history. Um, you know, he's one of the original Scully seven. Uh, you know, he's just, he's piled up so many wins and it just kind of looks like it's going to keep happening here. Um, can he change the story this year though in the pro in the postseason and that's going to be what it's all about uh, i think the playoffs are pretty much already written for him but uh, division title nothing isn't necessarily squared away just yet um does have a division rival nipping at his heels but let's just talk about his team really quick um you know he's getting some players back off of by this week well a player austin hooper a uh, very important piece of his team of his run so far this year uh, but th- this week buys are going to really hurt Kyle. Uh, he's got Leonard Fournette on by. He's got DeAndre Hopkins on by. Uh, James White, he's on by. James White's been okay. Um, you know, he's scored nine points and fourteen point four points in the past two weeks. So you'd like to have that in the flex if you can. You know, he's got Ty Johnson in this flex right now. Who, who knows what's going to happen with him? So week ten could be interesting. Because this team, you know, with a few key players on by, he's taken them into a battle with the number two team in the power rankings, the Nasty Boys, man. I'm so proud of my squad. Four straight wins for the Nasty Boys to get their record to 7-2, and two, tied with Kyle for the best record in the league, and also the second most points in the league, which is up drastically from the last time we did the score report. I think I was fifth or sixth at the time. At that point in points, uh, 1,263 points, that's 140 points per week. That would put me as a, one of the top five seasons of all time as well. So we've got some pretty historic scoring going on so far this year. Um, the last four weeks during that win streak, that's what it's been all about for the Nasty Boys. Uh, week six, I was the third highest score of the week. Week 7, I was the highest score of the week. Week 8, I was the highest score of the week. And last week, I was the highest score of the week. So that four-week stretch, really turning it on, going into Week 10 against the Hatch Oilers. We're going to talk about it in the Week 10 preview a little bit later, but I just can't stress enough that that matchup is really going to tell a story about what's happening in the Malcolm division this year. Number 3 team... It's the half-baked halfbacks. Corey is the number two ranked team right now in the league, um, you know, because he's you know I'm not a division leader, so although I have a better record right now, I'm fourth ranked. Uh, Corey is the number two ranked team in the league. He's six and three, good solid record, uh, 1,208 points, which is third best in the league. Uh, Corey is, uh, you know, that would also put him in the top 10 of best seasons of all time in Scully's. So there's three seasons right now that are on track to, you know, be historic in, in our league and, you know, be preserved in the record books. So, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, let's just take a look at, at Corey's team really quick. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, ever since Tyreek Hill came back, 
that's really been a catalyst to, for for the the boost that that Corey's team. You know, he was he's been doing good all year, but he, you could kind of feel things slipping a little bit. You know, Saquon got hurt. Melvin Gordon, you know, came back, but he was starting off slow. Uh, he was really struggling at the tight end position. Uh, he was really just living off of Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson for a few of those weeks. And Tyree Kill, man, since he came back from injury, 21 points, 14 points, 8 points, and 23 and a half points last week against the Vikings. Just that's huge, man. And that's that gave him the confidence to take a, a struggling piece, Odell Beckham, and move him to secure one of those positions he'd been weak at tight end. And now Hunter Henry, he's got Hunter Henry going against Oakland this weekend, who Oakland has given up the third most points to, t- to the tight end position. So uh, I, I think he's going to go off this week. It's the Thursday night game tomorrow night, Chargers versus Raiders. Uh, don't forget to make your picks. Uh, so I think he's excited about where his team's headed right now. Um, he had uh, he had lost, and now he's you know back on the winning streak again after last week's pit win over Kyle. So we'll see what happens. Uh, number two ranked team in the league, looking pretty good, but the Bond Division's tight as well. Uh, the number four team in the power rankings. It's Baker Mania. What can I say? Baker is is he's only ninth in the league in points scored. He's got a one thousand forty seven points. So you're thinking, you know, like, okay, well, you look at that point total, and you know, okay, well, they're like a a three and sixteen, maybe like a four and five. No, Baker's six and three. He's on a four game winning streak. He's putting things together. The key thing to look at here. And and it happens, and you can't. It, it's no. You don't want to take anything away from it. He has the fewest points against. Uh, he's the only team in the league that hasn't had a thousand points scored on him yet. So that helps. You know, when teams are struggling in the weeks that they're facing off against you, hey man, it, that's part of the game. It's it's a matchup game. It's not who scored the most points. It's who got the most wins and who got to the playoffs and then won those games. That that's what it's all about. And. That's what I care about being important. So, you know, we reward, you know, points in other ways. You know, we give out, you know, Das Boot and a prize, you know, at the draft every year to the person who scored the most points. So, you know, we try to make it feel like it means something to score a lot of points, but that's not the name of the game. Sure, scoring points will probably get you wins, but sometimes they don't. And then sometimes you don't have to score a lot of points to get wins. So it's about playing your matchups and making sure that you can win each week. And that's what Baker's doing right now. He, he was looking at two and three just a few weeks ago and, and probably thinking, oh, shit, you know, like, I, I, where's the season going? Is it, is it over for me? And four wins in a row, everybody else in his division is on a losing streak right now. Uh, well, not a streak, you know, everybody's on a loss right now at least. So he's things are really looking up. He's two games up in the division over over Jason. So they're the number three ranked team, and they're the number four team in the power rankings, and they're looking good. Number five team in the power rankings, it's the Rudy's Boys. Rudy's Boys, five and four. They're the only team in the league with a five and four record, and they're looking pretty good. Uh, you know, 1,151 points scored. That's fourth in the league. 
they're trying to get through. I think they've got some. Sorry, I'm uh, looking at. There's they got a few people on by. Yeah, so they've got DJ Chark and Carson Wentz on by this week. Going to be starting Derek Carr against the Chargers on Thursday night, but that might not be a bad thing. Uh, also starting Matt Stafford. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I like this team. You know, I, I don't have overwhelming things to say, but I don't really have anything bad to say. It's, they're kind of... They're kind of a middling team, I guess, for me right now. Um, I I think you know number five ranked team, fifth in the power rankings. Like that's pretty good. Like you're happy with that, but I feel like maybe I expect a little bit more. Um, beginning of the season, it just looked like this team was was maybe going to be really dominant, and you know some players just haven't played up to expectations. Uh, so we'll see how it goes for Rudy's boys. Um. But as of right now, you know, they're sitting in fifth place, so can't be mad. Number six is GGEZ. John Squad comes in number six in the power rankings. They're also the number six ranked team in the league. Uh, they're the only team left with a undefeated division record. So they have, you know, thoroughly dominated within their division but the overall record doesn't reflect that. They're one in five outside of the division. Um, week thirteen, there's I know there's a really big division game for GGEZ uh, against m- moi myself uh, this week in week ten. He's playing Samantha Far for President, another division of rival. So if he can keep the division lo- the division you know success going, then he could find himself right back in the thick of things as of right now um you know he's a six-ranked team at a four and five record so you're 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 happy but you're also acknowledging like i have a losing record i still need to pick up some wins but it's it's enough you know like if the season ended right now he's in the playoffs so anything could happen at that point um He's got, you know, some struggles to deal with in going forward. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the piece he just traded for, is going to be on a buy next week. And that always sucks, you know, like when you trade for somebody and then you have to let him sit on the bench for a week. That, that sucks. Um, so hopefully he can get through week 11. And then week 12, Kyler Murray, the other quarterback he's got, is on buy. So he still has to deal with bye weeks at an important position. Um We'll see how we'll see how this next string of games goes. You know he's on a one game you know winning streak right now, so he'd like to add to that. We'll see how it goes. Team number seven. It is Becca, Mrs. Baker Mayfield, seventh ranked, seventh in the power rankings. Also a four and five record, eleven hundred and three points. You know very similar, same record as John, and very similar points scored. Um, so similar seasons. Yeah. So far, um, it, I think that this is another team where a few bounces go their way and they're also in that 
five, six, four talk. So Zach Pascal has been a huge emergence in the past few weeks. I see he's in her lineup right now. Uh, and Kyle Allen, this is the big story for the Carolina Panthers right now. Cam Newton put on IR. He's done. Kyle Allen, like they, he's got the green light. They're good. He's he's good. He's good to go for the starter for the rest of the year. He scored one point two eight points once this year in Week Four and zero point three two in Week Eight. They were against the Houston defense and San Francisco defense. The Houston defense, I don't know about that, but the San Francisco defense, I kind of understand having struggle against them. So what do you think? You know, do you, do you trust him going forward? I, I don't know. But the running back position, Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb and Matt Breida, that should be locked down, you know. Um, I know each of those guys has had weeks where they've really dipped down. You know, Aaron Rodgers only had 2.9 points last week. Um, Nick Chubb, you know, didn't break double digits, which you hope to, to get on a weekly basis with a guy like Chubb. So... They just need to play up to their potential, and this is a team that's looking good going forward. Team number eight in the power rankings. This is this is the big story for me. Um, I've been texting her, you know, um, about it, about having a win streak and being excited for her. Samantha, far for president, twenty twenty. Four and five out of the the depths of hell. Sitting at a one in five record a few weeks ago, gotta be thinking, oh no! I mean, I know I was thinking it, so I'm sure she was too. Gotta be thinking, oh no! Back to back, Lutefisk hasn't been done. Well, it hasn't been done since Brittany. Brittany bailed out of the league the next year, so you know, like the the morale defeat. That being back-to-back Lutefisk does to somebody. I, I wouldn't want that inflicted upon my wonderful cousin. I, I love her very much. And I want somebody else to have to eat that fish next year. And if, she, if her team keeps playing like this for her, then she won't have to. Four and five record. Three-game winning streak for Samantha. It's been awesome. Um, she's had big performances from... Marvin Jones uh, from Michael Gallup, from Derrick Henry, Damian Williams has come back on. Cooper Cup has been really big all season. So she's loaded at the receiver position. Uh, got players on her bench that other people would have in their starting lineup. And Ryan Tannehill has proven that he is competent and can lead a team and can score pretty well in fantasy. 20 points, 18 points, 26 points last three weeks and during that win streak. So Samantha's catching fire at the right time. She's moving, you know, she's in a position where if she gets a win and, you know, one or two other teams get a loss, she moves up, you know, three spots. She could go from ninth ranked in the league to sixth very fast. So... It's it's a really intriguing team. I see a lot of potential for big points in, in any given week. Uh, she is going to have a couple buys to deal with in 11 and 12 that are going to be a struggle, but we'll see how it goes. Um, this week, you know, facing John, uh, that's going to be a tough division division uh, matchup, so that's going to be exciting to talk about. Team number nine 
if it's Harry Shavai, it's Jason Squad. The the misspelled, not condensed enough. If it's Harry Shavai, or possibly if it's Harry Shave the first. <laughs> Four and five record. Only nine hundred and eighty-two points scored, which is only eleventh. That's second worst in the league. So why are they up at nine? Well, you know their their record has them right in the thick of things. Uh, like I said, being at four and five at this point has one team in the playoffs. So they're just a win away at any moment. They are in a two game losing streak. Um, you know, if you remember two weeks ago, this team, which looked like it was kind of struggling, was four and three and sitting okay. So lost a couple games in a row here to go down to four and five. I just want to bring up their team really fast. Come on. My internet's been really funky tonight. Alright, what's going on? Alright, well, we're having some technical difficulties. I was going to bring up uh, the squad. I wanted to look at a couple of things. But, there we go. Alright, so here is the big thing that I wanted to talk about. I knew week 9 was was a real big hit for Jason's squad. Um, and he lost in a really bad way, 75 points. You know, Baker only scored 94 points last week but got a win. And kind of what I was talking about when I was talking about his team, you know, that getting wins when they have to. Uh, this was one of them. He he met Jason at a perfect time. Jay, last week, Jason had to deal with Michael Thomas on by. Alvin Kamara, who I'm sure would have played if they had a game last week, on by. Tyler Boyd on by. And you know, now it's Ryan Finley, um, the Cincinnati quarterback, I'll just call them. Remember the old Tech Mobile game? It was, I think, Super Tech Mobile when like, the, they wouldn't have the rights to the player's name. So like Randall Cunningham was QB Eagles. <laughs> it's like you could uh, I, I feel like they could have at least just like made up a fake name, right? They had to call him QB Eagles. That's so stupid. Uh, so QB Bengals uh, was on by last week. So he, this week should maybe can end that losing streak, um, start turn things around. Only two games out of the division. So, you know, definitely still in it. Um, I'd be feeling confident, but you got to start picking it up, you know, in these last few weeks. Tenth team, it's our defending champ, King Jensen. Moved up since the last time we did the power rankings, uh, and points are starting to pile up a little bit. Uh, 1,074 is total points, which is seventh best in the league. Uh, ranked way down here at 10, though, and, you know, that's... It has to do with that two and seven record. Uh, things just haven't really gone Ryan Jensen's way this year. You know, a lot of points have been scored against him. The third most in the league have been scored against him this year. And you know, coming off a loss last week, you're trying to play for not being the Ludfisk at this point. I feel like if you're at two and seven. You could rattle off four straight wins in these last four weeks and be six and seven. And we've seen six and seven teams make the playoffs before. Uh, But this season doesn't really seem to be like it's going to be one of those because we've already got, you know, nine teams at at four wins or more. 
with four to go. So it seems like there's going to be at least six that get to seven, but there might not be. Uh, so six and seven could still make a playoff. Like nobody's mathematically eliminated yet from the playoffs. Um, so he's really just, you know, kind of, he's had problems at receiver all year. And that's been, you know, because of Devontae Adams' injury. He was supposed to be, you know, the number one receiver for his squad all year and it hasn't been able to be. Um, been filling in the role here and there with a lot of plug-and-play position players and it just hasn't really been working. Um, I hope to see uh, some of these 2-7 and seven teams rattle off some wins. Maybe it'll be uh, one of, one or maybe it'll be Ryan Jetson. Number 11 team... It's Trashy Victor, the second, Al squad. They do have a three and six record. So I kept saying three teams at two and seven. There are only two teams at two and seven, actually. One of them is at three and six. But with the four game losing streak, I just, I don't know. It was hard for me to put them up above Ryan Jensen's squad, who's, you know, been doing. Uh, just a little bit better, I think. It's it's really close for me there at the nine and or at the ten and the eleven, but when you're down at the ten and the eleven, it's you're 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 not really dicing it up too much. It's I know the record is better, but it's only three and six. Uh, the four game losing streak tells it all. Uh, this was a team that was three and two, you know, and feeling pretty confident, you know, a few weeks ago. You know, the, when the last score report came out. Uh, Al was very vocal about his his displeasure with the the power rankings. Uh, felt like his team should have been ranked higher, you know. And I like to hear that from team owners. I like to hear the passion about their ownership. And he, maybe he was right, you know. At the time, I I I, I, had a, I remember having a conversation with him and saying, you know, looking back at it and looking at his team and hearing his case and saying like, well, yeah, I probably could have put you up one or two more spots. But at this point, it would be hard for me. I know he's gonna—he's not gonna like being at eleven, and he's just particularly not gonna be not gonna like being below a two and seven team. But I just—that's where it is for me right now. Um, let's move on to number twelve. It's—I'm sorry, Stacy, but it's number you're number twelve right now. Two and seven. 1014 points which is number 10 in the league you know fortune has not favored you i had mentioned you know the points scored against ryan jensen briefly before and but you've had the second most points scored against you Corey actually has had the most points scored against him but he's been able to overcome that adversity uh and get get, get big wins but Stacy unfortunately hasn't been able to two game losing streak. Let's just pull her team up a little really quick. I I didn't even talk about Al's squad at all, but they're kind of struggling because Adam Thielen. Stacy's squad. It's been all about the Patrick Mahomes injury. Yeah, um, he's back now. So you know, I'm looking at his, he's projected as Yahoo has a projection of 29 points for him. Like <laughs> I know that's probably 
fine and accurate, but like what you never see projections that high. It's so funny. He's broken this game. Um, if he comes back and, and does huge, then Stacy's hopefully, you know, getting herself back up out of the cellar and getting into that middle pack. And hopefully this right now, like I said, these bottom teams, they, they should be playing to not be one of the bottom four. Uh, we'll talk about the playoff picture in a little bit, but you don't want to be one of the bottom four teams. Uh, so right now in the rankings, that would be Al, Samantha, Jensen, and Stacy. We'll see how it is in a few weeks. I'm excited. So that's uh, that's the power rankings. I droned on a little bit, but it was uh, 1 through 12, 26 minutes. Wow. I think i got to redo the power rankings. Uh, no, it's been too long. I'm not redoing it. That was a long power rankings. Sorry, guys. I'll try to go faster for the rest of this. Playoff picture's coming up. Ah. All right, so the playoff picture, it's... You know, we're still a few weeks out, so nothing is nothing's written in stone. Um, but it's fun to look at. There's still there's only four more regular season games to go. So if the playoffs started right now, we're looking at a number one seed of Kyle, the Chicago Hash Oilers, no surprise. Uh, the other team receiving the first round bye in the playoffs would be Corey, the half-baked halfbacks. So they would be getting that first round by guaranteeing themselves a top four finish on the season, which that's great, you know, especially in the League Legends standings, you know, you're trying to get more a lot of points in that. So the number three ranked team would be Baker. Um, he is, you know, currently winning the uh, Angus division. Uh, so they're, they'd be taking on the number six seed right now in a first round game, which is John. So we would be having Baker against John, and in the other quarterfinal game, we would have myself, the Nasty Boys, playing against Rudy's Boys. So the Battle of the Boys, four and five, um, that would be a tough game. Uh, wouldn't want to run against Rudy in the playoffs. So, you know, Saquon could go off at any moment. Uh, then the consolation bracket. This is where you know I, I brought it up a couple of times during the power rankings, but this is where you want to be one of the team like if you get if you don't make the playoffs that sucks you want to make the playoffs obviously but if you don't make the playoffs what you you really want to be one of those teams that gets a first round bye in the consolation bracket because if you get a first round bye in the consolation bracket there's no way that you're going to be the loot fisk so the loot fisk is only decided between the bottom 4 teams um if the playoffs if the playoffs started right now Becca and Jason would be the two teams getting the first round by. And uh, like I said before, uh, Samantha, Al, Jensen, and Stacy would be the bottom four teams. Stacy would be playing Samantha, and then Jensen would be playing Al. You know, the loser of those two games would be then going on. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be interesting if Al and Stacy were playing the, 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 the patriarch and matriarch of, of Scully's two playing each other for this to be the loot fisk? That would be something. Uh, that'd be a fun storyline. I know not for them, but for the rest of the league, that would be a fun storyline. So that's just a quick look at the playoff picture. Um, you know, there's with there's still four weeks out, so I don't want to go over like you know 
playoff scenarios, who needs to get what wins. Um, nobody is mathematically eliminated yet, like I said earlier. So there's that. You know, that's going to change after this week. One of these teams at the bottom is probably going to lose. Uh, and somebody will be eliminated. And then we'll start to talk about how many wins people need to get and who people need wins against. So we'll break that down uh, in the next few weeks. And that's always fun for me and for the rest of the league, I think, to see, you know, oh, if this team wins and these two teams lose, then this guy gets in the playoffs. Like, uh, I'll break that all down for everybody like I normally do. And uh, that'll be cool going forward. So uh, coming up next, we're going to look at the position players, um, players by position, and uh, who's been best so far this season. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to start off with the quarterbacks. The number one quarterback on the air. So we're nine weeks through the regular season. We're hefty way through. And after nine weeks, Russell Wilson is our number one scorer on the year. You know, he's the front runner for S2FL MVP this year. 242 points. Uh, man, that's just incredible. Uh, he's played, you know, nine games, 242 points. Second quarterback on the list, Deshaun Watson, 233 points. Number three, Lamar Jackson. So half-baked halfbacks, you know, like I said, they were they were riding Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson to wins earlier this year, and they're going to keep doing that going forward. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the th- number three quarterback, 218 points on the year. Aaron Rodgers, number four quarterback on the year. GGEZ, newly acquired got to be excited about having the number four quarterback in the league. Uh, hopefully he can put up a couple more big games and, and prove that he deserves to be up there. Dak Prescott finishes out the top five at quarterback. He's still hanging on. He's still, you know, it, he started off the season hot, and I'm sure some people thought, okay, well, that's going to fizzle. And then he had like one or two games that weren't so hot, and everybody was like, yeah, it is. But he's he's come back on strong. Um so he's really been, you know, something that's really helped Kyle be the number one team in the league, you know, getting a, a, a really good quarterback later on, you know, a guy who scores 20 points plus consistently so far this year. So that's your top five at quarterback. We're going to look at the running back position next. Number one running back, it's Christian McCaffrey, you know, another guy who was just recently traded. He's actually the number three overall player in the league right now. 223 points 40 more points than the number two running back Dalvin Cook both running backs owned by me nasty boys number one number two number three running back Aaron Jones still hanging on um you know he was in the top five the first time we did this but it was because of that one big game um you know and same with Nick Chubb I think he, he had one big massive game too um but they're showing longevity and they're staying in the top five, uh, 155 and 135 for the points with them. And the fifth running back, he's also another guy who's still hanging on. Uh, Austin Eckler, 130 points through nine games. And, you know, at one point it looked like he might be the number one running back on the year. Uh, Number five, though, you've got to be so happy if you're Rudy to have the number five running back in Austin Eckler. That's, you know, he, he's ranked higher than guys like 
Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, who we all think of as having a marvelous fantasy year. Well, Austin Eckler's still ranked higher than him. So there's your top five at running back, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, and Austin Eckler. Wide receiver position. Most of the names are the same from the last time we did this. Uh, Your number one receiver on the year is Mike Evans. Can you believe that? Mike Evans has had a game where he put up zero points this year, a game where he had 2.8, and he's a number one receiver in the league. When he is hot, he is so, so hot. He's had a game of 28, a game of 37, a game of 43. He's had three games this year at 180 or more yards receiving. That's insane. Um, He's probably going to have a couple more before the season's out. Number two receiver in the league. Huge reason why the Nasty Boys have been uh, on the win streak. Tyler Lockett, the number two receiver in the league right now, Tyler Lockett. 129 points. I did not see that coming. You know, I drafted him high, hoping he would be a top 15 receiver. But number two, I, you know, I couldn't have asked for more. Number three, this is... I talked about it in the last score report. This Tampa Bay offense, man, has been so elite for Kyle. And he's, you know, he needs them to keep going. Chris Godwin is the number three receiver, 125 points. So he's got Mike Evans, number one, Tampa Bay receiver. Number three, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay receiver, both on the hash oilers, both killing it. Number four, one of my favorite receivers in the league, Cooper Cup. Far for president, Samantha. But the number four receiver in the league on her team, she's stacked at the receiver position, and they're, you know Cooper Cup's leading the way. Uh, Stephon Diggs has been good for her in a lot of weeks, but Cooper Cup is super consistent. Number five receiver, Michael Thomas. Ain't no surprise, Michael Thomas is always up there. He's number five, 118 points through eight games. He's one of the reasons why Jason's still holding on and will probably be, you know, if, if Jason makes a push and gets into the playoffs, it will probably be because of Michael Thomas. So that's your top five. Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, and Michael Thomas. The tight end position, it's a little less glamorous, but we still got to talk about it. Far less points get scored by these guys. But there have been some uh, some pretty interesting stories this year. Number one tight end in the league, Austin Hooper. Uh, I think he was number no, he was number two or number three last time we did it. Number he's moved, bumped up to number number one, ninety three points through eight weeks. So he's averaging up more than double digits. Not more than double digits. He's averaging double digits, more than ten points. Uh, number two tight end, Travis Kelsey, eighty one points per game or eighty one. God damn, I can't talk right now. 81 points on the year through nine games. Probably a little disappointing for Stacy. Um, when you drafted Travis Kelsey high, you're thinking that you're going to get, you know, big production out of him. It hasn't really been big. It's still good. Number two tight end on the year is great, but he's scoring, you know, similar points to guys like Austin Hooper and the next guy, Darren Waller. So Darren Waller is number three, 76 points on the year averaging just over nine points a game and uh, samantha that's been another bright spot in samantha's squad the pass catchers uh, darren waller he, he's been a big surprise this year he's had a couple of big games that have 
you know, pumped up that point total. And uh, I, he's the one, he's the most solid target that they have, and he's going to keep scoring points in that offense. Number four, tight end on the year. I'm so, I love him. George Kittle, 69.9 points on the year. Um, I just, oh my goodness, this is breaking news to me. I see an O under his name. Is he out? Did they, did they officially rule him out? They haven't officially ruled him out. Why has he got an O by his name? I don't know. I'm nervous about that. Anyway, on to the number five tight end. Number five is Evan Ingram, just barely behind George Kittle. Rounding out the top five. This is so he so we got a top five tight end available on the waiver wire right now. That's right. Evan Ingram was dropped earlier today by John. So he is available, but he's battling injuries and he's got there are a lot of question marks about those injuries and how long he's gonna be out for. So I think he's got a similar injury to Cam Newton. If I'm not mistaken, it's like a mid-foot sprain. And, you know, some guys come back after two weeks and some guys like Cam have constant issues with it and it doesn't heal properly and they have to go on IR. So he preempted it. He he can't use him for the next week or two anyway. So he just said, I'm going to drop him and not worry about it. This could come back to bite him. We'll see. So there's your top five tight ends on the year so far. Austin Hooper. Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Evan Ingram. Last but not least, defense, because we're not going to do kickers, because who cares? The defense position has been so intriguing this year. In the last school report, we talked about the New England defense and how dominant it was being and how it was historic and it was scoring all these points. It's It hasn't stopped, you guys. Like, They had they only got four points this past week. That Baltimore game, Lamar Jackson exposed them. I don't think that's going to be a regular thing. But, I mean, before that, it was like 21 points, 30 points, 28 points, 25 points, 42 points. Like, this is, they scored 194 points on the year. That is the, I'm, I'm looking right now. There are one, two, three, four, five, six players overall in the league that have scored more points than the New England defense. The New England defense is the seventh ranked player in our league right now. Who expects to get a number seven overall player in the league from their defense? It's insane. It's unheard of. We've had defenses be really dominant in this league. I talked about it again. Another thing I talked about last time, but Never like this. This is something historic. This is something unprecedented. This is more than 20 points a game. This is unreal. Corey is reaping the benefits of having that defense. I'm super jealous. Uh, Number two defense is another defense I'm really jealous of. It's King Jensen. Uh, He put in a big bid to get San Francisco right after they kind of broke out. And I was trying to get him at the same time and didn't get him, didn't get them. 123 points through eight weeks. That's so good. That's more than 15 points a game. Um, they're, they're, they've, they've shown that they're one of the best teams in the league. They get tons of sacks. Um, and I, I would be stoked to have them right now. Number three defense in the league is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has 95 points through eight weeks. 
kind of a surprise. Uh, the beginning of the year, you're thinking, oh, this no, this team's looking like shit. They're gonna fall apart, and then the defense just really buckled in, and and they they've got it locked in right now. Number four defense is Carolina. Carolina is number four defense. Wow, eighty points through eight weeks, averaging ten points a game, and uh, yeah, that I was pr- I'm pretty surprised to see them as the number four defense. But there they are. Uh, you know, they're on Rudy's squad right now, and they've had you know some some decent games. Uh, nine points last week against Tennessee, uh, but then you have to go back to week six. You know, they when they scored nineteen. So over the past three weeks. There was a bye and then three points and nine points. So we'll see with Carolina. But right now they're number four. And the number five defense in the league, it's a tie right now between Tennessee and Philadelphia, both available on the waiver wire. But Philadelphia defense, remember, they had that 40-something point game. So it's really just been one game for them this year. Tennessee has been a little bit more consistent, but you know it's it hasn't had a high ceiling. The consistency is like 6, 7, 9, 11. So they're, they've kind of poked their way into the top five. So that's your top five defenses. New England, of course, number one. San Francisco 49ers, number two. Pittsburgh, number three. The Carolina Panthers, number four. And Tennessee, number five. That's your, or that's your top five players at each position through nine weeks. It'll be fun to see uh, how that shapes up at the end of the regular season. Uh, for now, let's check out uh, Week 10, shall we? We're going to start right at the top with the game of the week in Week 10. It's the number one and the number two teams playing against each other. 7-2 and two Chicago Hash Oilers against the 7-2 and two Nasty Boys. This game is a division game. It's the two teams with the, the, with the best records that are tied. So this game is going to mean one team is going to take sole possession of their division and have a you know a one game lead with three games to go in a really tight division race. It's a really really big matchup. Um, I, I've had it circled on my calendar for a few weeks, and I tried to plan accordingly, uh, you know, to have the right roster. But unfortunately, a trade came up that was too good to pass up. So I don't have a uh, second quarterback that I can play in this matchup right now. Uh that could really come back to bite me. I'm going against Jameis Winston and Dak Prescott from the Hash Oilers, and that's a formidable duo. When you've got two quarterbacks and you're only going up against one quarterback from the other side, typically the team with two quarterbacks wins. I'm currently favored in the Yahoo projections, um, but I don't know. This is going to be a really tight one. Um, the Tampa Bay offense is going against Arizona. And as we all know, Kyle's got their Tampa Bay offense on lock. So uh, I love my team. I'm excited about my team. I'm going to make the playoffs and I'm going to make a run. But I think I'm going to lose this week. I'm picking the hash oilers. Next matchup, another division, uh, a great division matchup between two tied teams. It's John and Samantha, GGEZ, 4-5, going against Favre for President 2020, also 4-5. and five. This is another one where the Yahoo projections are really tight, uh, 54% in the favor of John. 
he's got both of his big stud quarterbacks going this week, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray. You know, um, on the other side, it's going against Ryan Tannehill and Mitch Trubisky. So definitely an uneven matchup at quarterback. Uh, but at wide receiver is where things switch sway the other way. Uh, Samantha's really stacked at the position. John's got you know Alan Lazard going. Uh, Robbie Anderson who's really struggled. So we'll see. Uh, his running backs are great. They're really strong. But Samantha's running backs performed really well last week too. So we'll see. This is this is actually a really tight matchup. Um, I feel like both owners are probably confident that they can pull this one off. So this this one's anybody's game, but uh, I'm going to go with the upset pick and take Samantha to roll four straight. The next matchup, man, this week is full of awesome matchups. It's the Battle of the Baker household. Becca and Baker going up against each other one-on-one. Becca at four and five, Baker at six and three. So he's obviously the... The favorite, he's gonna have the, the, he's gonna be talking the talk, this week, but you know Becca's got a, a healthy squad coming in. If Matt Ryan can play, uh, he's questionable right now. I don't know his status. Uh, I think it'd be a surprise if he didn't play. So you know if she plugs him back in, she has him and Kyle Allen going up against Daniel Jones and possibly Jacoby Brissett. If Jacoby Brissett plays if he doesn't then it's going to be ryan fitzpatrick so this is a a interesting battle um it's probably going to come down to the running backs which jones and chubb going against ingram and connor i think looking at this team overall uh, i'm i'm gonna lean slightly in becca's favor i think she's definitely the underdog according to the yahoo projections but that's because matt moore is in her lineup um He's projected to score zero points because Mahomes is back. So I think Matt Ryan's going to play, and I think she can plug him back into her lineup and, and look really good in this one. I'm going to pick her to win. Sorry, Baker. The fourth matchup this week is Corey taking on Jason. Corey is two games up on Jason, and uh, he this win would pretty much be kind of icing the division for, for Corey. Um, well, that the that's the uh, bond division that Corey's in, right? Let's just check that really fast. Yeah, the bond division. So, oh, he and Jason aren't in the same division. Sorry, it's back. It's Baker and Jason that are in the same division. So, Corey, this is a non-division matchup. Corey's got Tyree Kill rolling strong. Um. And he's he's stacked at the quarterback position yet. No no buys are hurting him there. He's got Saquon coming back. We assume fully strong going. Melvin Gordon, yeah, I like his side of this matchup um, a little bit better than I than I like Jason's. Um, Ryan Finley is kind of the big question mark here. What's he going to do? You know, we've seen lesser quarterbacks score decent points this year. Brandon Allen last week had like eighteen something for me. So. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with him. But right now I just, I'm a little nervous about what I see on Jason's side. I got to go with Corey in this one. He's 56% favorite in the Yahoo projections. And I definitely pick him to win. Fifth matchup. It's King Jensen versus Rudy's boys. Uh, This matchup is interesting. 
because it seems like Rudy should just walk right through it. He's 68% favored on the Yahoo projections. He's a five and four record against a two and seven record. But there's some there's some things here. Um OJ Howard is probably going to be inserted at tight end for King Jensen. And some people are projecting him to have a really big game this week. He's he's been a total bust this year. But some people think this game against Arizona, who get, who gives up tons of points to tight ends, this is going to be it. He's going to go into the roster here, and that's going to change the projections significantly, I think. Um, he's got Josh Allen, but only Josh Allen in his lineup right now. That's, yeah, his other quarterback, Deshaun Watson's on bye. Also, Philip Lindsay's on bye. Uh, Adrian Peterson, who's been good, is on bye. Miles Sanders is on bye. Yeah, I'd like to pick the upset here, but I don't think I can do it. Um, I think Rudy's going to take this one. I'm going to pick him to win. He's going to move to 6-4. and four. The last matchup, this is the Battle of Scullies. This is Al versus Stacy. So we talked about the possibility of Al and Stacy playing each other for the Lutefisk later. One of them could get a win here and, and help themselves not make that happen. Uh, Al needs a win here. If he gets one, he'll end his big losing streak. He'll go to four and six and, you know, wipe the sweat off the brow a little bit. Stacy. If she gets a loss here, I mean, two and eight, you're already the 12th ranked team, so you're probably going to stay 12th ranked. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I'd really start to kind of lose hope at that point, and that's a bummer. Patrick Mahomes is coming back, though, and so that can change things. Patrick Mahomes himself can win a game for somebody. So if the Mahomes to Watkins connection works, she could pull one off here. Um, and Adam Thielen doesn't look like he's going to play on the other side for Trashy Victor. Man, this one is really tough for me to pick. It's, it's, I feel like it's super close. Oh, man. Stacy only has one quarterback going because Brady's on by, and she has Josh Rosen as her third one. So I think that might be what I lean for. I'm going to go Al in this one, but I think this one's really close. This could be a nail-biter. So that was your Week 10 preview. Um, I, I made my picks. Uh, we'll see how I do. Uh, good luck to everybody in Week 10. So that was the score report. Uh, I kind of struggled through this one, but thanks for hanging on with me. Uh, we'll... Uh, I got an idea for a feature in an upcoming episode of the school report. So be on the lookout for something new, Um, but I got to get somebody on board with me. So uh, yeah. Anyway, good luck out there in week 10. Be thinking about the playoffs. Remember that the trade deadline is coming up at the end of this week. So if you want to make any trades, make them Thursday or Friday or Saturday before the trade deadline ends. We'll see you out there on the fantasy football field. Peace.